Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, welcome to the show. We're going to get started here in just a second. But first, last week there was a major issue with our Patreon subscribers not receiving the email alerts when new episodes dropped. It's been an ongoing thing with email alerts failing to make it through the series of tubes to all of our Patreon subscribers. But here's the best solution for that problem. The Patreon app for your smartphone is the best way to stay up to date with new episodes, and it's the best way to listen. Every time there's a new episode, you're going to get an automatic alert on your phone, notifications for the free shows on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and notifications for the Friday After Party and the Shadow Docket shows, too. You can listen at home or in the car with just a couple of swipes, and you can join our community of listeners in the comments under each episode. Subscribe for as little as $1 a month at bobsuskashow.com or patreon.com slash Show. Then download the Patreon app from the App Store onto your phone, and you're all set. Thank you for supporting this completely independent podcast, and now let the cartoons begin. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. From our nation's capital, it is Wednesday, September 29, 2021, and this is the interview edition of the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, how you doing? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello. Day 253 of the Biden-Harris administration, four to six days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska and on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. Okay, it's Tara Dublin Day on the show today. You might know Tara from her writing at The Hill Reporter and, of course, years ago at The Huffington Post. Well... Tara went to a MAGA rally and wrote about it. And then Matt Gates, who was a speaker at that rally, totally went on a red hat jihad against Tara on Twitter and elsewhere. So I spoke with Tara about her reporting on the event and what it's like to have Matt Gates's flying monkeys attacking her all the time. And, of course, how she's handling the fact that a sitting member of Congress is punching down in her general direction. Oh, and by the way, stick around because we talked a little bit about our mutual friend, the late Chez Pazienza. So we're going to talk about Chez a little bit later on in the show. Meantime, if you can, please help support this show by subscribing to our bonus content at bobseskashow.com. Okay, let's talk Matt Gates and the Red Hat Cult with Tara Dublin from The Hill Reporter. So boring in your world these days, huh? Me? Yeah. I mean, I got, I got nothing. I got so much nothing. I mean, <laughs> duh, it's so dull to be 
a woman online in 2021, let me tell you. So I'll get like a DM and I'll see, oh, you're full of shit. And then that'll be it. But with Kimberly... It's the whole slut shaming gambit. You're a whore and a bitch and a slut and you're ugly and you're old and just all this venomous shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's why my DMs are closed. So that, (laughs) you know, I mean, at least on Twitter, I mean, on Instagram, however, I am certainly getting a whole lot of shit thanks to Matt Gates's lovely followers. So yeah, yeah. The thing is, the internet is always going to be a safer space for you, Bob, because you're a man. Mm-hmm. So, if regardless of what app you're using, what site you are on, you will always be safer online than your girlfriend ever will, or oh, yeah. I ever will, or right. any woman ever will. Yep. And it's just, it's. In, it's insidious and it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. And it's also basically the default setting of the GOP to attack women and make us their scapegoats. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, I, I like to say I'm nobody's whipping girl. They really try. <laughs> they right. really and I, I'm, you know, and I'm just like, try, try it. You want to mess with the Jersey girl? Come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You pick you're going to pick on me. You're going to pick on the wrong person. And then what's so wonderful is when. This, you know, and obviously I didn't hear what you said maybe before I joined, but to have a sitting congressman spearhead an online harassment campaign mm-hmm. against a citizen is yeah. like, I, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. And he did. He did it to Michael Cohen mm-hmm. not that long ago. And there was a House ethics investigation. And the fact you're a sitting congressman who's being investigated for raping teenage girls, you think that, you know, dragging an adult woman is a good thing for you? Is this you is this you elevating your harassment? You're like, well, I've moved on from teenagers, at least. What do you think this is doing for you? God. Right. What is the point? Yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 fascinating to me from like a sociological standpoint, just Mm -hmm. because like I, I wrote the article uh, on September 7th mm-hmm. and he decided to blow up my life like two and a half weeks later. So I, I like, I don't get it, mm-hmm. but I also get it because we're seeing, we just saw the daily beast broke that story yesterday. It's like, Matt, you, you want to know why Matt Gates hasn't been arrested yet? Because there's so much to arrest him for. They're still putting this giant case together. Yeah, That's yeah. Why. And, and you know what? I want to get it. I want to get into all of that. Why he hasn't oh, yeah. been indicted yet. I want to get into the entire story that happened up in Battleground. But oh, please. before we dig in, you know, yeah. I, I always love having fellow DJs on the show. Uh, I spent many years in radio myself. How oh, long radio? And, and you are a former radio person. How oh, long? Yes. How long were you on the radio? How long did you endure? that uh, humiliation <laughs> i was able to maintain a whole show for five years oh hey. radio in, wow in portland which i think is you know i mean there are people who lasted longer mm-hmm. um my intent i have loved radio my whole life i yeah. still believe in the power of terrestrial radio but at the local level i mm-hmm. think is where radio's uh longevity will be not uh it's not national national radio can't compete with satellite or with the internet it tries and it fails spectacularly on the daily i really am very unhappy with what's happened to terrestrial radio it was my dream job i Mm. loved being on the radio i was on knrk in portland oregon from 2004 to 2009 and i only got laid off 
because of the economy tanking. I was in the midday. I was the only woman on the air at that point. My ratings were consistently great. Was there music, music uh, station? Music station, yeah. alternative music. We broke a <sighs> lot of cool. great bands in the earlier 2000s, like Franz Ferdinand and the Killers and Snow Patrol and just these wonderful, amazing it was a great muse. It was a great time for music. And it was yeah. just a really fortuitous moment for me personally. And it was my dream job. And when I lost it, I was just devastated because it was really my whole identity. It had enabled me to leave a bad marriage and really mm -hmm. establish myself as my own person. And to lose that uh, local celebrity status thing is part of it, but also it was just my dream job. I just wanted to be there forever. Yeah. And ha I've never been able to get back on the radio in Portland because this is the most passive aggressive place in the entire world. And I'm originally <laughs> from New Jersey, which is the most aggressive place in the entire world. And even 20 years of living here has not gotten any of the Jersey girl out of me. Yeah. And it scares local men. Mm. Mostly that's why I'm still single. Cause like men here are like, Oh, you're scary. You talk. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's, you have an opinion. No, I'm a, yeah. Mm. So I've tried very much to get on the rate back on the radio here in Portland, both in music radio or talk radio. And it's really fascinating to me that in Portland, Oregon, there is not a dedicated liberal talk radio station wow. on either AM or FM. There are, two conservative talk stations oh, of course. in Portland yeah. or um, yeah. And, or um, whole stations that are just dedicated to that. So there's on the AM and Lars Larson is br oh, broadcasts oh, from here. Really? Yes. Okay. I didn't yes. know that. I did oh, not yes. know that. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. So yeah. mediocre white men can have <laughs> who are conservative can have nationally syndicated talk radio shows like Lars Larson, who only mm -hmm. has something like, I think, 24-ish thousand yeah. Twitter followers to my nearly 90,000 followers at this point. But no, don't put the little the little mouthy girl on the radio. She's scary. So I, <laughs> right. Right? God, yeah, I don't exactly. Bob, I am an untapped goldmine. I really don't understand why a man who has the experience that I have, I have more experience than a lot of men, and I have more social media visibility than any radio station or DJ in Portland, Oregon. And yet yeah. everybody's like, no, we're fine with what we have. I don't know why a controversial man is considered uh, a basically a human money printer, yeah. but a controversial woman, they're like, oh no, stay away. Well, what you know, you know what you have to do, Tara, is you have to sell out all your values and become a conservative oh. radio host. Oh. Stephanie Miller and I have this conversation all the time. If we decided, right. okay, screw our core values, we're just going right. to become red hats on the radio or podcasting or whatever, whatever communication right. format. And then, of course, we can sell a million dollars in books and we can have uh, a nationally well, sure. syndicated oh. radio show. Right. Yeah. Right. On iHeartRadio yeah. or something like that or Clear uh, Channel and make all the money. But see, that's all That's all you got. That's the secret, Tara. You haven't sold out yet. You said yet. to sell your, your, oh, damn it. That's what I haven't done. <laughs> right, I've right. tried everything else, Bob. Yeah, yeah. And you, then, you, then, then what you can do, see, w this is all I know about Portland. I know that Portland is uh, very liberal as far as the, the city itself. But right. I also know that if you drive far enough outside of Portland, you hit Red Hat territory, right? And then oh, and on top of that, yeah. you, you, there are... 
uh, this is the only other thing I know about Portland. There are the roll-offs, of course. The little people, yes, big they world, are here. pumpkin farm. They are yeah. here. I, I don't I don't know them personally, and that's interesting because the roll-offs are one of the few like local celebrities I never connected yeah. with. Right. Portland is a small town in that way, mm-hmm. in that I pretty much know no pun everybody. Intended, yeah. Really? Yeah. But, oh, oh, I'm five feet tall. Sorry. I want everybody to know this. I'm a little person in a big world also. I, <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Bill, <laughs> Billy, no, 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 it's true. Billy Corgan once called me a little girl with a big voice. So thank you, Billy Corgan. Oh, he didn't cool. say big mouth, yeah. which I appreciated. But <laughs> P- Portland is in that way where like, if I don't know somebody directly, I do know someone who does. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like six degrees of terror, Dublin. It's basically how that works. Yeah, yeah. But what's amazing, it is really interesting. And it's also true, really, of most cities. I Most mm-hmm. cities roll liberal but you get outside those big cities and everything is bright, bright red. And I happen to live in a county that when I moved here 20 years ago was blue, but has become very, very red over the last few years. Yeah. And my representative is a Republican. Mm-hmm. My district is, you know, being um, challenged right now by a Trump endorsed MAGA candidate who thinks he's going to primary Jamie Herrera Butler who's been reelected by the voters of Clark County five times. Right. So, um, but what we're seeing, Bob, and I want everybody to really listen to this carefully because what I learned and why Matt Gates is so scared of me is because when I interviewed Joe Kent, who is the gentleman attempting to primary Jamie Herrera Butler, the 10 Republicans who voted for the second impeachment are all being primaried by MAGA challengers. Yeah. Every single one of them. One of them has already dropped out. Mm-hmm. So one and so uh what we're seeing in every single person who voted for the impeachment, second impeachment, is now being considered a rhino oh, yeah. or a not an America first Republican. So Jamie Herrera Butler's being challenged because she put party behind country, which is what all all politicians are supposed to do. So now, when is, I interviewed is the Washington third where Jamie Herrera Butler is, is located. That's a, a, yes. the district. Is that considered uh, Metro Portland or is that some no, other Metro is, area? We're on the other side of the river. This is Vancouver, okay. Washington. And right. so battleground is part of Washington's third. Gotcha. It's part of, you know, part of this, that part of her district. Mm-hmm. And, um, Battleground, so aptly named. Um, I know. What a great location for this uh, I mean, fracas you ended up it, in, Tara. I really don't think I could have orchestrated all of this to my advantage better. Actually, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, it's probably better that Matt Gates refused to interview with, sit down with an interview with me because it's, you know, it's a better story that he's harassing me online. Then he answered my questions, Yeah, yeah. I guess. So, I mean, but what I learned is that our very election integrity is at stake and the Republicans are determined mm-hmm. to dismantle our election system from within to create a voting system of their own that helps them. So Joe Kent told me in our interview on September 6th, that he is already calling for a quote unquote forensic audit 
of the 2022 midterms before a vote has been cast. Mm -hmm. This is what these primary challengers are all going to say. But every every Republican is pushing is still pushing the big lie. And now they want to keep going back to the 2020 election. Texas wants an uh, an Arizona style audit. Why? You won Texas, you morons. (laughs) And now now Joe Kent is part of a lawsuit along with Joey Gibson Mm -hmm. of Patriot Prayer. And they have brought a lawsuit against three counties in Washington state, including Clark County, because they want to audit the votes from the 2020 election also. Oh, God. Which a Republican won in this district. I mean, Jay Inslee won overall. Duh, Washington is overall a blue state and will continue to be so. So to ask for an audit of an election you lost you you did your party overall lost the state, but you won these local elections. Shut up, Joe Kent. Oh, like yeah. why? Hmm. Why? You know, I understand you're going to come and you're going to challenge her, but when I sat with him and I asked him what made him decide to primary her, he did. He ran down that whole America First thing with the big lie and the blah 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 blah, and it's only because Jamie Herrera Butler spoke the truth about her experience on January 6th. My rep was in the room with Kevin McCarthy when he called Trump to ask him to call off the crowd. And she told the truth about it. And I said to Joe Kent, isn't that what we expect Mm -hmm. of everybody that we vote for, Republican, Democrat, independent, regardless of your affiliation, when somebody casts a vote for you, they are telling you that they trust you to represent them, you know, correctly and advocate for them I want my representatives to think about the greater good of the country, not their bank account, not their career, not their position in the government, the country. And I said to Joe, isn't that what you're supposed to do? (laughs) Right, right. But country before party, and he's like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, well, it's, actually, I mean, this is going to this is going to end up terrible. This is going to end up being a, a situation where every election now is going to have an additional layer of certification in court. <laughs> it seems like that's where we're headed bullshit. now. Yeah, but yeah. this, is, but here's what I'm saying. Not and and this is where Joe and I went around in circles on this because he's not going to drop the MAGA party line no matter what. Mm-hmm. He even said to me, he's like, uh, I usually get softball questions. I'm like, yeah, I don't play softball. <laughs> you know, this is what happens when your 12 year old campaign manager doesn't vet me before we sit down together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what so- I said to him, how do you challenge an election that hasn't occurred yet? And so here is what I would say to anybody who is running for re-election as a Democrat in 2022, if you have a Republican running against you, what you should be saying first and foremost before you talk about any other issue, Mm -hmm. before you talk about Black Lives Matter, climate, the border, whatever, uh, COVID, whatever you want, whatever you believe your constituents think is the most important thing to them. Number one is election integrity, because it doesn't matter if you're advocating for your constituents if our voting system is being compromised. So I would say we just saw California go to vote by mail. Washington has voted by mail forever. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm calling for hand-marked paper ballots for every election from president to dog catcher, because no Russians can hack a paper ballot But what I'm really calling for and what I believe we can do, because it doesn't cost one penny, is for every single Democrat running for office to demand that their Republican opponent 
accept the results of their election from the outset or drop out now? Because if they're not in the race for the right reasons, they need to not be in the race at all. If you're in the race, like these people are coming in to throw a monkey wrench into our voting system, Mm -hmm. keep them out, (laughs) keep them out. They should not be able to run if they are not there because they are there to implement better change in the government. And that is why people should be running for office, not to fuck everything up. I'm allowed to say the F word, right? Oh, yeah, so- well, of course, yes. <laughs> so actually, you know what? what? At this point, let's go back and start from the beginning in terms of how okay. you ended up interviewing Joe Kent. So you're okay. writing for okay. the Hill Reporter, right? And Cor- so correct. you were assigned to go up no. to- Okay, so I was not assigned. All right, I so, was not assigned. So you chose to go up to this rally in Battleground to interview Joe Kent, who's primarying Jamie Herrera Butler, and as part of that, were you uh, told by Byron Sanford that you would also be meeting with Matt Gates as well? That that was my understanding. Okay, when I found out, I found out from Brent Henrich, who is the Democratic candidate for Congress in this district who needs so much support. So please go to B. Henrich. <laughs> no at kidding. B. Henrich on Twitter. Please, mm. please, please. We, we, I need Patty Murray and Maria Cantwell and Jay Inslee to get behind Brett Henrich and all other Democrats too. Um, but I found out from him that Matt Gates was going to be in our district to appear with Joe Kent at a private fundraiser and also at a public rally. Right. Had Brent never sent me that message, I probably wouldn't have found out until afterwards and I would have been really mad. Mm -hmm. They, they did not advertise it. They did not invite press. They did not want people there that were not their people is what I came to learn. Yeah. But before all of that happened, there was in, there was a, you know, to find out more information on this little ad, you know, you contacted the, his campaign manager. So I emailed him and he said, shoot me a text. We'll set something up. And I was like, Hey, cool. I mean, all I, you know, I identified who I write for Mm -hmm. and I said, I live in the district. So I have real skin in this game and I've been paying taxes here for 20 years. Like this mad, this election matters to me personally. Mm -hmm. So, and at no point did he say, well, no, you can't have Matt, but you can have Joe or, well, let us vet you or let us get back to you. He was like, yes, let's do this. We'll just set it up. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we met at this coffee shop in Battleground, Washington, but I also did not want to go into this situation by myself. Yeah. Um, I think I already mentioned I'm five feet tall. I'm a very petite human and my activism is usually digital because I'm a middle, I'm 52. I'm not going to be able to run away from anybody. Somebody could very easily pick me up and disappear me into the <laughs> well, back remember, of a we're, car. We're talking about the red hats. The thing with the red hats to me, Tara, is if it comes down to a civil war, we yeah. can very easily outrun them. I imagine that eventually you could. maybe, maybe a city block, it'll take them before they ended up losing their breath and not being Pretty able much. to go any farther. I mean, they're yeah. all powered by what Mountain Dew and Skull. Where are they? How yeah, far are exactly. they running? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, yeah. um, But here's the thing. I usually, my activism is usually digital. This was an opportunity for me to actually sit down with a Republican, two Republicans, because no one ever responds to me on Twitter. They just block me. Mm. You know, when I ask them questions or I ask, you know, I speak the truth about them, I just get blocked. Um, But, and Matt Gates had never acknowledged me on Twitter, despite how many times I called him Captain Venmo or asked him questions (laughs) or tagged him or whatever. I love that nickname. Isn't it so great? Very proud of that. Captain Venmo. Um, It's so good. Um, So um, 
my intention when I woke up that morning, as I say in my article, which is still my pinned tweet, by the way, yeah. at Tara Dublin Rocks, because it's finally, finally, people are really getting to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to sit down with both of them and get real questions about our elections. Yeah. And I mean, I would have asked ahead of time, you know, as if Matt Gates had been brave enough to show up, I would have asked, you know, what is okay to ask you and what is not okay to ask you? I had three notebook pages filled with questions for both of them. Mm -hmm. And really my questions for Matt Gates, I was trying to be very, you know, super respectful because I wanted to have a genuine conversation, which I said at the outset of my interview, I said, I'm not here as a gotcha. I'm not here as an ambush. This is, you know, I have, what an opportunity this is. So my questions for Matt Gates were, was like, why'd you get on a, what would make you get on a plane and fly across the country to support an unproven candidate when Jamie Herrera Butler has been your colleague for all of this time and you know her record? Like, those are the questions I was going to ask him. Yeah, of course. But then, you know, as in, as I read, you know, share in the article, when I texted Byron to confirm on that on Labor Day morning, he was like, just Joe, not mad. And Matt's not doing any press. And He's traveling with Capitol Police for security, which I thought was an odd irony. <laughs> the odd great irony in ironic. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. But but I also I still don't know if they were Capitol Police. I don't know that Capitol Police are allowed to do that in their official capacity. Perhaps if they moonlight as private security, that's a thing that was never clarified for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so my whole interview with Joe is in the interview, and it's not even the point of the story as much as it was when I woke up that day. But it's, you know um, what, I'm, I'm so glad that you did spend some time with Joe Kent because yeah, I, I am too. based on what I saw in your piece and then I watched the mm-hmm. accompanying video, it's about 45 minutes long, your conversation it's with not, yeah, Joe it's Kent. It's a long interview. Yeah, so yeah. anyone who's, thank you, because anyone who sits, I appreciate anybody sitting through it. Right. So. Well, and he, and he seems dangerous to me. He's good looking. He's, he's young. Yep. He's a veteran. Yep. He's a full-blown red hat, completely completely dedicated yep. to the MAGA agenda. I mean, do you think yep. he actually, do you think he has a shot at uh, defeating Jamie uh, Herrera Butler in the primary? I think he would only have a shot if the other MAGA challenger drops out. And I don't think she's going to. Okay. There's, there's, an- another, there's cha- another one. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. And she, okay. So there's another person in the race named Heidi St. John. I have not. <laughs> now that sounds like a bullshit radio name, doesn't it? <laughs> Right. Heidi St. John. But I'm Heidi St. John with, here with the traffic. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But, but and what's great about Heidi St. John in this particular situation is, first of all, she's a MAGA woman, yeah. which that's a that's a whole creature uh, in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But she's also like a super Jesus-y MAGA. So she gets the evangelicals that Joe can't, can't get mm-hmm. because he's seen, I think, as someone who looks the other way at stuff that evangelicals don't like when people look the other way. I'm not really sure what the perception is. But Heidi Heidi St. John has like all of the moms who go to Hobby Lobby for crafting workshops. (laughs) She has, you know, you know who I'm talking about. The Hobby Lobby moms, yeah. The newest demographic, yeah, yeah. She's got them locked down. She's got the Hobby Lobby moms locked down, which is a huge demo out here in... This district in mm. the battleground district where the Trump flags are all everywhere. Every, yeah. You know, if they're wearing an applique butterfly vest with their mom jeans, they're working. They're probably friends with Heidi St. John. So Heidi St. John stay, and Heidi and Joe Kent had a deal. They had a verbal agreement. 
whoever got the endorsement from Trump would stay in. The other one would drop out, put their weight behind the endorsed one so they could get Jamie out of there. Well, Heidi did not do that. When Joe became the anointed one, she's like, oh, no, I'm going to stay in. And when I asked Joe about that, he was very dismissive. He's like, yeah, I'm ignoring her and I'm focusing on Jamie. Mm-hmm. So and I, and what's interesting is that he said that Kevin McCarthy is protecting Jamie Herrera Butler, which wow. means that Donald Trump is no longer protecting Kevin McCarthy. So <laughs> incredible. Just incredible. That's, yeah, that's cool. I got a lot of good stuff out of Joe Kent that day. Yeah. Um, what I didn't get on camera, but I did get out of him was that he's not vaccinated and doesn't intend to get vaccinated. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, because he's had COVID-19 already. Right. Right. And I said, you know, you can get it again. Yes, and the, I mean, the antibodies don't last kids. forever. They, you know, oh, all the reliable just, reports say they wear out after what, eight months or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But, but Jesus gave everybody natural immunity. Oh, the other course, thing course, of yes. that I learned after the fact, <laughs> after I filed the report was that at the, at the end, a guy showed up that I didn't know. And it turned out to be Matt Brainerd who organized the J six rally. Oh, holy shit. Really? Matt Brainerd showed up. Yeah, so he's like the common denominator for rallies where no one shows up. Is that yes. is, is that what his thing is? Like the that is the J six rally. No one was there at, at the rally in Battleground. Right. No one was there. Right, except yeah, you Matt and Bra- Matt. Right, right. And Matt Brainerd seems to be the kiss of death because Matt <laughs> yeah. Brainerd was was on the first Trump campaign and got kicked off. How mm. bad do you have to be to be kicked off a Trump campaign? Oh, my God. And, yeah. Yeah. Right. But somehow Matt Brainerd has maintained his connections to the MAGA people because Joe Kent met Donald Trump when Donald Trump met his wife's remains at Dover because Joe's wife, Shannon, was killed in action in Syria in January of 2019. And that's a big thing that he runs on. He talks about the Democratic establishment voting against the full troop withdrawal from Syria. And it's the Democratic establishment's fault that his wife was killed in action, because if the if people had Trump had gotten his way and pulled all of those troops out, his wife would not have been there. Where does he land then on Afghanistan? Where where's his position on that? Oh, every oh, everything was Joe Biden's fault. (laughs) But he's pulling the troops out of Afghanistan. And but he did it wrong. Oh, he, he did, did it wrong. wrong, of course. He of did course. it wrong, and we lost 13 service people. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, but 600,000 from COVID. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. When you have the truth and they cannot dispute it, that's when they figure out a different way to go around it, distract mm. it, move the goalposts. When he was talking about blaming the Democratic establishment for his wife's death, I was like, we couldn't have a full troop withdrawal. That would have been in violation of the Geneva Convention, leaving the Kurds completely open to slaughter, yeah. which is what Putin wanted, obviously. But you can't do that. We couldn't do that. So that's why the bill was introduced to make sure we had some troops left behind to protect our allies. And Joe's like, yeah, the Democratic establishment. I was like, 129 Republicans voted for that, mm-hmm. including some who are currently supporting you. You know, like, I believe. And he was like, uh, blah, blah, blah. I was like, Andy Biggs voted for it. And he was like, uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so, you know, like when you have the truth on your side, yeah, they can, you know, we all witnessed January 6th. We saw it on television. We saw it live stream. And they're try- trying to rewrite history. We have to be louder than that. 
I filed the report I filed because I had the experience that I had. We went to the fundraiser, which was supposed to be at this public place, this community center in Battleground, but it's unfortunately located right next to a skate park full of teenagers. And that's bad optics for Matt Gates. And what else was happening? It was like, there was like a like a spinal tap thing going on at the exact That's same at the time. Rally. Yeah, that at, was at the rally. At so the rally. So this is okay. two different locations. Okay, okay so gotcha. we were we were given the address of this community center, but there was nobody there, and I was like, "What's up with this?" There were a few people there waiting for Joe, and then there was the lone protest counter protester Cassie, who was awesome, and. Finally, when no one had showed, and I knew that the quote unquote VIP part of the fundraiser was starting at 3.30 and right. it was four o'clock and there was nobody there. So I texted Byron and he gives me this other address and I'm like, what's up? So we get back in the car and I'm fr- I'm with my friend, uh, Eugene, and he is a veteran and I'm, cause I didn't want to be alone, of course, in MAGA country. Yeah. And we get into his very, very threatening vehicle, which is a white Prius. And... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we're ter- we're just such terrorists yeah so we follow with i have an irish siri man siri voice which because i like it and he's, he's like make a left onto this boulevard and eugene's like they're driving us into the middle of nowhere they're going to attack our car we're dead i'm like no <laughs> we're passing these giant houses with trump flags i'm like i think we're going to a place mm-hmm. so we finally find like this long line of cars there are a couple of black suvs there's you know just be, be you know fancy vehicles i'm like well we're now we're in the right place and i saw cars with the worst bumper stickers i've ever seen in my life there were some q on ones and it's in the article one of the cars had a bumper sticker that said if black lives matter, why is abortion legal? Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, well, that's hella racist. Oh, Jesus. Um, and during my interview, Bob, I had asked Joe Kent, you know, because there had been protests in Vancouver, Washington in front of anti-mask pro- protests in front of schools led by the proud boys and oath keepers and Patriot prayer. Mm-hmm. And, and it got violent and schools had to go into lockdown in my district. It's just ridiculous. Public schools. Ridic- Why don't you want the kids to be protected? I don't know. But um, so I asked Joe, I said, well, you know, this violence, the, this violence presence will be at your rally. These are your people. I denounce it. He says, I denounce all of that violence. I denounce the QAnon. I denounce proud boys. I denounce it. If I see an intimidating presence at any of my events, I will speak out. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Yeah. That's considering. Bullshit. Yeah. I, I mean, seriously, did, he probably didn't come do that on. publicly. Did he? It was probably just in the context of your sit down with him. Right. Well, I, mean, I have him on camera saying it. Okay. So I have him on camera saying it in our interview that he denounces that violence. And so, we get to this fundraiser. We're not all out. And by the way, I did, people are people who are trolling me are like, oh, you're mad. You couldn't get into the fundraiser. At no point did I expect to be led into the fundraiser. Mm-hmm. I simply wanted to know who is showing up yeah. to this fundraiser, who is paying all of this money to get a swag bag and an opportunity to get a picture with Matt Gates. <coughs> Excuse me. That is not a COVID cough, by the way. Um <clears throat> That's the cough of a regular pot smoker because she lives in a state where it's legal. Hooray. <laughs> there you anyway, go. Yeah. yeah. Um, not, I mean, it's still a little early in the day for me. I'd just like to say that. Okay. Understood. Yes. Okay. So I did not go with the anticipation of being led into a fundraiser, clearly, because they absolutely would never have wanted us to know mm-hmm. who was in that house. 
Later on, I found out the house was owned by people who actually ironically stage large events like auto shows and whatever. And yet that rally looked like somebody did it in their backyard for $4. Yeah. So, right. In in the middle of the wasteland from a Mad Max movie. That's what it it looks like. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, you know, there we met the field director who also looked like he was 12 and he was like, we'll give you a prime spot at the rally. No worries. And we're like, cool, man. Thanks. Mm -hmm. We were chill the whole time, by the way. At no point was I ever aggro towards these people. Um, I didn't I wasn't wearing anything that indicated I was not a Trump supporter. And I kept my opinions to myself the entire day. Like people who know me, people who know me well, they're like, I'm so proud of you. because I didn't say anything because I wanted to be professional and I wanted to record it accurately yeah, I, without inserting myself into it. All right, quick break. We'll be back with more Tara Dublin right after these words. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. The Bob Seska Show. You did mm-hmm. nothing wrong at that rally. You weren't antagonistic uh, in any nope. way. You were just nope. there covering it as a journalist. But mm-hmm. but I guess when the news media is the MAGA enemy number one, it really doesn't matter how you were behaving. You're going to be the target without doing a goddamn thing, right? That's correct, because the truth is anathema to them, and they can't keep lying if there is somebody there to say you're lying. Yeah. So that's why it wasn't well advertised because they wanted their people there. They wanted their core supporters there to to make sure that they understood what the messaging was to get out there. And so, as Rachel Maddow says, they're living on Earth two while we live on Earth one. Right. So and so we went to the rally. And yes, as we pulled in, we had that spinal tap moment where there was a sign pointing <laughs> Joe Kent rally to the left. Hot tub sale to the right. If I've said and it once, ho- I've said it a thousand times. And Joe Kent rally Joe first, hot first, tub sale hot second. Hot tub sale second. <laughs> and the hot tub sale was better attended. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's what happens when you don't advertise. One of my but favorite again, parts of the story. Yeah. Right. It's just it was like a chef's kiss moment where I was like, I have to get a photo of this. This is glorious. And it's embarrassing for them. The truth is embarrassing for Republicans, which is why it's so great. So we got there. We set up very quietly. I mean, Eugene put his phone on a tripod. It was very low key. There was no media presence. Mm -hmm. There was no no. I mean. Not the local newspapers, not the local television, nothing. The only other people filming were Joe Kent's campaign. That was it. Yeah. So, but there was a obvious private security presence of plain clothes, people with no identification whatsoever and clear earpieces. And they were passing around pieces of paper. And I definitely saw a list of names. I couldn't really see closely. 
Um, and then, then uh, there's like this, before the rally itself happened, this woman got up and explained to people that, that we were going to do the Pledge of Allegiance. And she explained exactly how you do the Pledge of Allegiance. Oh, because yeah. Because they, don't, te- they right. don't teach it to our kids in school anymore. <laughs> of course. <laughs> And they didn't do it in the 70s when we were all doing it every goddamn day. They're turning our children into Marxists, is what she said. And I was just like, we're doing what? You don't even know what that word means. No. Um, So, you know, there I made a couple of videos that I put on Twitter during the experience. You know, there's the one that Matt Gates quote tweeted and sent out the day after the rally, the first time he's ever acknowledged me publicly, that the first time he called me unhinged and a lunatic and a Karen because I dared to say Matt Gates doesn't want to talk to the press. And I also said, <laughs> for whatever reason, this has triggered everybody. I said I was in enemy territory in my own county. And they were like, oh, but I thought the left was so welcoming and we're the enemy. <laughs> you treated me like the enemy, you fucking assholes. Mm-hmm. So, and they did. Yeah. And again, Eugene and I are not wearing like we love Joe Biden shirts or whatever. Slowly people get to realize we're not one of them. We are not one of them. And they, Mm -hmm. there was one very aggro proud boy dude who would not let me get close to the flatbed that was being used as a stage. Jesus. I mean, when, when the field field director was like, well, let you get as close to the stage as possible. I was thinking, man, they really have a ma- major setup. They've got a stage and a press area. And blah. It was a flatbed in the middle of like an afterthought in the middle of the Clark County fairgrounds. Like yeah. there's a huge amphitheater and there's a band shell and there's indoor agriculture stuff. And there's it's huge. And oh, yeah. we gave them the, the smallest plot of land to you. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, in the pictures, the size of the fairgrounds makes that flatbed and the grandstand, which is just one little set of bleachers, makes them look even smaller than they actually right. are because you've got this expansive, almost desert-like terrain all yes. around. and it was so yeah. hot that day, too, and there's no shade. <laughs> mm-hmm. None. I got a sunburn because of Matt Gates. Oh, God. So if I get melanoma, I'm going to add that to my lawsuit. Um, <laughs> That's right. So No, I'm kidding. I kid. Um, but um, so the more, and so Matt Gates comes, you know, they introduce Matt Gates and he comes up and they're cheering and the women are hooting and hollering and they're acting like he's like, you know, David Cassidy or whatever. Yeah, these so, are all celebrities now. These are the people like, who talk to them. They're I don't the, know. Yeah, I guess cult David leaders. Cassidy is a very old reference. Let's say BTS showed up. Um, <laughs> one member of BTS, but it was Matt Gates and his giant five head, and he brought the wife, quote unquote. Oh, really? So, yeah. Yeah, un- Unlucky Ginger was there also. Captain and Mrs. Venmo, very romantic. Yeah, and so um, do, you, do you think he got married because he received some advice from his defense attorneys? Is that possibly why? Oh, yeah. Like, maybe oh, this yeah. will defuse the whole thing about underage uh, sex trafficking. No. So what it does, first of all, every photo of them looks like he is about to push her to her death, <laughs> and she looks terrified. I'm not wrong. Uh huh. <laughs> was he also wearing so, an ill-fitting suit? Also at the always, rally? Yeah. Oh yeah, wait. Yeah. Oh no! At the rally, he was trying to roll all Pacific Northwest casual with a plaid shirt and jeans. Oh, I see. Okay. I was yeah. like, okay, Kurt Cobain. <laughs> um, 
Jesus. Yeah, you're wicked casual. But like, hey, look at every photo. Of the, like the first photo we saw of the two of them were on the roof. I'm like, he's about to throw her off. And she knows it. Like she looks terrified. Well, as soon mouth as, is a- yeah, as soon as he goes to prison, that'll be it for her. She's right. like, OK, well, you've, here, you've worn out your uh, usefulness. Bye. Well, I, OK, so everyone's like, oh, well, you know, your spouse cannot be compelled to testify against you. And it's like, well, whatever she heard before he put the ring on it, she can be compelled to testify about it. it's mm. what they what she heard after they were married, she can't be compelled to testify, but that doesn't mean she can't do it of her own volition because yeah. she can. She must be getting so much money for this, but her family has money. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't get it, but the, the optics are what they are, which are terrible yeah. because no one thinks that you like adult women. Nobody thinks this. Everybody <laughs> knows you like them young, right. you know? You know, you're like, if there's any grass on the field, play ball, let's go. And no, that's bad. And everybody knows this about you. So and he gets up there and he's like, we're going to impeach Biden and Harris. I'm like, and I swear, I turn to Eugene. I'm like, I'm going to put my fist in my mouth right now because then you get President Pelosi, you fucking moron. Yeah, I don't know how you held held back. I don't know how you managed that because I would have wanted to blurt that. I just would have wanted to say it's so hard. President Pelosi. yeah, no, I, <clears throat> this is when Eugene and I were quietly saying things to each other. And he was mm. like, and like without our lips moving, we were like, that's when you go frozen. <laughs> that's what we were doing. Meanwhile, our friend Cassie is in the corner and she's screaming, holding her signs. And people are going around and they're harassing her also and threatening her and intimidating her. And she did not back uh, back down for one second mm. and there was some there was some woman who tweeted me after the fact and she was like she was threatening us with her backpack i'm like yeah her backpack was wicked threatening she was yeah and she was yelling inappropriate things around the children first of all why are you bringing children to this rally why are you indoctrinating the youth yeah this is yeah. you know right I mean, yeah teach teaching them that this is the way to be. Yeah, since since when, since when are they against the freedom to wear a backpack? That's my question. Of course, you shouldn't wear a mask, right? No, don't, no. And nobody was wearing a mask, of course. I was so grateful to be vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I was around clearly a whole bunch of unvaccinated people. Oh God. I got the Johnson, I got the Johnson and Johnson in March. I'm fine. So, hey, Except, except for that cough that we heard earlier. I don't know. That's I don't know, not, Tara. Well, little little you know, concern. Also, okay, I'm kidding. It's also National Coffee Day. And you get a little flimmy <laughs> from the milk. Um, but anyway, so she and and so the two things that she was saying was no gates in Washington state and um, no Kent. <clears throat> instead of Joe Kent for Congress, it was no Kent in Congress. How offensive. Um, mm. Anyway, the longer we stayed, though, the more people were like getting closer and closer and closer to us, like larger people, male people were Mm. really standing close to me. People were starting to film me because they knew I didn't belong, but they didn't know who I was. Um, One girl was like, don't talk to my mother. And I was like, okay, I don't, because the woman was complaining, but she was also talking to me in a a calm way. And she was not happy about Cassie counter-protesting. And I said, you know, is that bothering you? And the woman was like, don't talk to my mother. And I was like, all right, I'm just, I'm just Jesus. here to tell the story. I'm ju- I don't know why you're also friggin' paranoid. Oh, it's because you don't want the truth getting out. Silly me. Yeah. So at the end, so before the rally officially ended, I said to Eugene, we should probably just go. Mm-hmm. I think we've got plenty of footage. Don't you? And he was like, oh yeah. Um, because I was really concerned that once it had ended, 
that we were going to get swarmed and surrounded. Yeah, when they're not and paying attention to their cult leaders anymore. They, you know, they exactly. To- when the official program ended, then they could begin the, oh, we can beat the shit out of liberals part of the right, program. Right, Um, And so Eugene went off in one direction and I went in the other. I wanted to check on Cassie before I left the, the official grounds and she was great and she was leaving as well. And then, as I say in my article, I went to go talk to one of, there were two um, security guards working the event who were employees of the facility. They were not connected Mm -hmm. to the event. Joe Kent had his own um, people at the gates of their, uh, to the entrance that were wearing like Joe Kent shirts. So they were official. Mm -hmm. And, And so I just, I wanted to speak to the security guard because he was a black man and Matt Gates was yelling about critical race theory and all of this other cracker shit. And I just was so offended because it's just, do you hear yourselves ever for one second? Do you ever know when to shut up and just let history be history? Like you can't rewrite the parts of history. You don't like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You're finally, you're finally waking up to the fact that our country has always been racist and always been misogynist and has always appropriated the very best things from people of color because white people are terrible. I mean, you're only finding this out now. Um, So, and none of these people think that. Yeah. They are willing consumers of disinformation. That's what they are. That's what the entire crowd and, and the people like Matt Gates and Joe Kent know that they're selling disinformation. That's the whole business model of the entire red hat entertainment complex all the way through every single one of the adherents and Congress and elsewhere. Right. The whole idea is to, no matter what the Democrats say, we're just going to make up shit about what they're saying. We're just going to invent new things that we're going to say that they're saying, but that they aren't really saying and that's the bullshit that we're selling to our gullible sucker red hats right correct because fear is very profitable yep peace is not that profitable it's kind of boring (laughs) fear is fear is really exciting and you can sell a lot of shit when people are scared can't you yep so any any way they can keep the grift going the reason trump loves the poorly educated is that (laughs) they're the easiest to keep grifting even after you lose an election like 60 times so um as we were as i was leaving um these four people started following me very closely and almost put their hands on me almost you can see it on the video that is in the in the article that Eugene shot because he was live streaming the whole thing. Yeah. And then they took photos of Eugene's car and threatened to dox him mm-hmm. because we were at the rally. It's like, you're, we, you're, really? You We go to all of these, all of Joe Kent's events and take pictures of all of the cars we know don't belong. And then we dox those people. Right. Is what right. they said. Well, you are well, the, are you? you are the enemy of the who, people, uh, Tara. Right. That's- and we don't know. We don't know who those people were, though. They <laughs> wouldn't tell us who they were. So the next. So I was like, well, my whole article is completely different now. And um, I went home and I tried to like decompress from my day. And the next day I woke up and I spent a good three hours writing that article because I wanted to make sure I told the story as accurately as I could. Mm-hmm. And as I was finishing the article, that's when Matt Gates first quote tweeted me and sent out the thing about the vi- with the video yeah. where I'm like, oh, Matt Gates just won't talk to the press. Yeah, so the, the, the Matt Gates tweet, he quote tweeted you, he referred to you as a Karen. And then, so that's what uh, kind of sicked all of his supporters on you. I mean, this is kind of like, well, suddenly you're, you're, too- all the Klieg lights are shining on Tara Dublin. And Well, uh, not, 
that not from the first. Well, that first one got me a little bit. And yeah. so when he did, I was like, you're a sitting congressman and you're virtue signaling your followers to go after me. Really? Mm-hmm. So I called his office and that's <laughs> so I called his office and I left a voicemail where I was very calm and I did not swear. And I said, you know, you had the opportunity. We had an interview and you wouldn't sit down with me. And instead, you've decided to virtue signal your followers on me. And I kept asking you to please delete that tweet because it's, you know, you, you just can't. I mean, I don't remember my exact words, but thankfully, Matt Gates decided to use that voicemail and create an entire segment of his Firebrand podcast about me <sighs> two and a half weeks after the fact. So uh, he's tweeted me on the 7th and then he did a podcast segment about me on the 23rd. Why he decided whatever transpired between the 7th and the 23rd is a mystery to me, unless he got some more bad news about his personal case. And he's like, I need to do something to distract from this. Oh, where's that mouthy little Jewish bitch? Let me blow her life up. Mm -hmm. They love to scapegoat a woman, the GOP. It's really to their detriment that I'm not a woman of color. They could have really mined a whole lot more out of me. But the fact that I'm Jewish, the fact, I mean, agnostic atheist, but I am Jewish. So they can use that. So Mm -hmm. Matt Gates not only made this whole segment about me regarding the regarding the article in the rally, he also went back and just found old tweets of mine that have nothing to do with him, nothing to do with the article, nothing to do with the rally, nothing to do with the election, just to portray me as, quote, the unhinged lunatic Karen. And in the podcast is Firebrand Show on Rumble, whatever the fuck that is. Um, <laughs> yeah, so says, Don, Ju- Don Jr. has a Rumble page. He does all of his mean, guys' videos on, on his Rumble oh, page. Yeah, that's like the new platform for the uh, redheads. Oh, yeah. oh, I see. Oh, Coke Drip Jr. who blocked me in 2017. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, um, ooh, ooh, I'm so intimidated. Um, so Matt, Matt Gates not only did this whole segment of his show about me, within the segment, he encourages his followers to seek out my social media profiles. Oh, so Matt Gates gave a directive to, he virtue signaled his followers. He sounded the dog whistle and told his followers to go after me. So that is what has been happening since last Thursday. Mm-hmm. And um, because I understand the MAGA harassment machine, I could have predicted on Thursday where I would be today because that's where I am today. And I will tell you what, I mean, all of the worst of the worst people have shared the video. Mm-hmm. So like Jack Posobiec is, and, and also oh, Jesus. it's a multi, it's a multi-layered um, virtue signaling harassment campaign because it's first it's here's the article. Here's how she lied about us. She's this unhinged lunatic Karen lying about MAGA. But then on the other, then there's the other level of them going back and finding an old tweet or two where I say this person deserves to be punched in the throat, which is a colloquialism that has become a thing on Twitter. Yeah, of course. Um, if you actually did a search of punch him in the throat, you would find probably 20,000 <laughs> tweets from today mm-hmm. about a variety of different people. So I expect for Matt Gates to, to signal his followers to harass all 20,000 of those people, too. So first they were like, oh, Tara Dublin is violent and she goes around punching people in the throat. No, that's not what I said. Um, So if you're and then it's that that, you know, the whole false equivalence thing that they use. So it's okay. We're supposed to ignore 
or not take literally when Donald Trump says grab her by the pussy, mm. but you're supposed to take it literally where I say, oh, you know, Charlie Kirk deserves to be punched in the throat. Yeah, so, I, it's a much bigger threat, right. I think, for people like Donald Trump and Matt Gates and so on to turn members of the press or anyone else. I mean, independent journalists on down to bloggers right. and people on Twitter into targets. And that's exactly what right. they're doing. Every time Donald Trump right. calls out the press and he points back to the non-existent press pool in the back, even though it's just like a Newsmax camera these days. Right. Look, look at all the right. lights. Look at all the lights going off and yeah. turns them into immediate targets of the red hats. And that, that's kind of what and happened to you. And there's a, the thing that I can't. what is happening to me. It's, it's still yeah. a live happening thing. It's, and it's, He uh, did it to Michael Cohen. Right, right. Well, with Michael Cohen, it's kind of a, that's more of a lateral punching. But what, what <laughs> Matt Gates is, Matt Gates is punching down when it comes to, I think, you know, sicking his uh, supporters, his cult members on you. It just seems yeah. unseemly it's, for a sitting member of the United so States Congress. Un- that's, and that to me is the nucleus and and uh, of it all. And now the third wave of the harassment is they're doing, and I'm sure you've seen these memes where they find a tweet where you said something, how you would never take a vaccine during the Trump administration, but now you're all about the vaccines. So right now they're circulating a meme where I'm like, I would never take a vaccine from this treasonous administration unless I witnessed the Trump grandchildren getting it first. Mm -hmm. And then they juxtapose it with, if you don't, if you believe in the invisible sky daddy, but not the vaccines, I don't want to know you. Gosh, what has changed in the year since I wrote the first one and the second one? I just don't know. Yeah. What's the difference? <laughs> Fuck all of you with this false equivalence, goalpost moving bullshit. Yeah. And if this is how deep you have to dig to try to get back at me, I mean, how pathetic. So I have the best possible thing going for me, which is the truth. I told the truth about my experience on one day of my life that happened to coincide with Matt Gates's life. And he did not like the fact that I told the truth about my experience. And he thinks it's okay to make me his whipping girl or his scapegoat. And he couldn't be more wrong. The Florida man chose the wrong Jersey girl to fuck with Mm -hmm. because I am not going to be like, oh, that's cute, and let it roll off my back. This isn't some little MAGA turd with 18 numbers after their name trolling me. This is a sitting member of Congress who happens to be the subject of an open FBI investigation at the moment. Yeah. So, so once I calmed down from the rip shit fury I was feeling because a sitting congressman decided to do this and possibly the one of the worst not named Jim Jordan doing this, I was like, well, I have to be smart about this and I should go about this in the right way, which is make sure I take the legal routes. Mm -hmm. So as of today, as of this moment that I'm speaking with you, I have filed a complaint with the Florida bar. I have spoken with the FBI field office that is in charge of his case. I have spoken with the a counsel for the House Ethics Committee called me yesterday and I gave I gave my full statement. And I also have emailed to the House Ethics Committee screenshots and links because Twitter, despite the fact that I have repeatedly reported Matt Gates, has still not taken down his tweets about me. Mm -hmm. So all of those live links. Also, Matt Gates's firebrand producer Vish Burra picked up on the harassment and tried to dog whistle 
and tried to call me a racist, which is like, you know what? You, you can say a lot of things. You cannot say I'm a racist. You can try it. I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to fall for it. Mm-hmm. And every tweet that he sent to me, I simply responded with, thank you for another page for my defamation lawsuit. So um, I, at this point, um, what my frustration with this is, I feel like this should be a bigger story, not because it's happening to me, but because it's happening. A sitting member of Congress is harassing an American citizen should be a ginormous news story. The fact that it's me. okay, great. I have a blue check mark and I have a lot of wonderful friends on Twitter who are behind me and supporting me and protecting me and helping me and also trying to get this story out there, which I greatly appreciate because this is a layered story. And it's an important story that people need to become aware of, because if this sitting member of Congress is doing it, what prevents any other member of Congress from doing it? And on to use their kind of false equivalents, let's say, I don't know, Eric Swalwell decided he was going to do this exact same thing to some MAGA journalist. Yeah, it would be the only thing people were talking about because the Republicans would have already blown it up into some massive scandal. Well, certainly on so, Fox News, that'd be the case. I mean, Fox News right, would be all not, over something like, like and that. And Fox yeah. News isn't going to yeah. t- isn't going to touch this story because of what Matt Gates did to Tucker Carlson. Mm-hmm. So, or but see, I would think that Fox News would want to help me blow up Matt Gates because of what they did to Tucker Carlson, but I don't know. So I have, and what's really fascinating, Bob, and I think I'm sure you've experienced this as well as someone who's sort of, you know, higher profile on Twitter, you get really great people who follow you back, but you don't necessarily interact with them. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have so many wonderful people from MSNBC who follow me back. Joanne follows me back, Nicole Wallace, Rachel Maddow follows me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? When I found that day, I was like, what? Um <laughs> And then I have like humongous accounts following me back, like Ryan Reynolds and Mark Ruffalo follow me, Patton Oswalt and like amazing Alyssa Milano, all of these wonderful people. But like Rachel and Joanne and Nicole, like, hello, ladies, like, come on, like, I'm here. This is happening. He has a track record of not just assaulting underage women, but women here. Hi, I'm, I'm over 15. I'm over 17. I don't know what the age of consent is in every state in the country, but I'm definitely above it in every one of them. Yeah. Um, but like here's, and also this is the second time he's pulled this exact same act because he did it with Michael Cohen, regardless of whether or not we're punching up, down or sideways. This is a pattern of behavior of his. Mm -hmm. So when I spoke to the house ethics committee, I said at the very least it's conduct unbecoming a member of Congress, but it's illegal. Like it feels like it should be criminal because people are not just harassing me. I'm getting threats. Like I have sent screenshots where, you know, people are like, you know, you should be raped. And there are threats like that, that MAGA people think are perfectly fine to send and, you know, shit like that. And they're saying it because Matt Gates told them to. Yeah. Yeah. So where is the mainstream media? Like he's trending on Twitter right now for being disrespectful to General Miller, to talk talking about our military in a disrespectful way, which is absolutely a reason for him to trend. But I also think he should be trending because he's virtue signaling his followers 
to harass me. Yeah. On one hand, I, I feel like this is a great injustice and another great example of Trump disciples throwing away the decency and decorum that used to be commensurate with being either a president of the United States or a member of Congress, a member of the Supreme yes. Court. Any of these higher office holders should be acting more appropriately uh, in relation to their office. But Donald Trump threw out all of those rules and regulations oh, okay. for and so ma- basically gave tacit permission to anyone else in the Republican Party to behave exactly the way Matt Gates is behaving toward you. And so to a certain extent, while I of course I sympathize with what the fuck is going on with this kind yeah. of treatment and this kind of lack of decorum, this kind of punching down, it's horrendous. But at the same time, I feel like Ah, fuck, it's Chinatown. You know what I mean? Like, this is... Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, but speaking to what you just said, I mean, I've been on Twitter since 2009. So I have seen it regress into what the swill pool that it is now. I was there in 2012 during the Obama re-election campaign, and I am here to tell you that not a single one of Mitt Romney supporters ever tweeted me a picture of a frog dressed like Hitler and called me a libtard kike. Oh, Jesus. Not Are you getting the them. you're getting the Pepe the Frog memes? Is oh, that Pepe what, oh is, Jesus. Do you want it? They are still recycling the same 2016 kind of weakness. <laughs> Live in really the now, are. Red Hats. God damn it. Dude, like, like at least dress Pepe up like a cooler, more current. <laughs> dress him up like Lil Nas X or somebody, right? Like make him current. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Make him make him current. Like make him make him look like I, I don't know who's 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 somebody that the kids like. I don't know. But make him look like that. You yeah. know, like if you dress, you dress him up like Hitler and then you get mad if I call you a Nazi. Like why? So I, I, again, again, I will say everybody gets trolled. You know, if you are a woman online, you are opening yourself up to harassment. Yeah. You, and that is that. And it's disgusting. Yeah. Like, that everybody knows this and it's like accepted. It's just one of those things that just happens and you mm-hmm. shrug it off and you report them and you block them and Twitter doesn't do anything to protect you. And neither. And then every morning that since this has started where I've been reporting people on Instagram constantly. And when I say constantly, I mean all day mm-hmm. from the moment I wake until the moment I sleep. But every day I've been waking up to a warning from Instagram saying that my account may be deleted because I'm posting inappropriate content. Oh, Jesus. So you're being reported. So they're reporting you. All right. Yes. And also, I believe my my Twitter account is being limited right now because they're mass reporting old tweets of mine. Twitter has not notified me that they're limiting my account, but I can tell. Yeah. Because my interactions, my interactions aren't what they usually are and Really, the only people I'm seeing are the people are, who have blue checks also. Right. Or people who uh, have been following me for a long time. So it's unless people are like, no, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I don't think so. Since mm-hmm. this started, I've gotten like 5,000 new followers, which is like a dubious way to get them. But I'm, I'm happy if anyone is listening to the truth of my story, which is what matters to me the most. And that is that to me is also why I'm really angry is I told the truth. You're not only trying to negate my truth, you're trying to rewrite it and reframe it and trying to call me a liar when I'm not. I'm not a liar. Yeah. You can say a lot of things. You can say I'm obnoxious. You can say I'm pushy. You can say I'm aggressive. You can say I'm loud. You can't say I'm a liar Mm -hmm. because I do not, I don't need 
to lie. Yeah. I have the truth on my side and I have it documented. Mm-hmm. I have video. Like, don't tell me it didn't happen when here it is. And you know, the other thing I keep thinking about as you're telling this story, Tara, is uh, for a couple of years now, all we've heard about is, oh, the, you liberals with your cancel culture. And <laughs> the thing that I can't get past, Tara, is the fact that no one is more addicted to cancel culture than the Republican Party. The way Matt Gates is behaving toward you, Matt Gates is yeah. trying to get you canceled. That's exactly what's happening. Yeah. He and all of his disciples are trying to cancel Tara Dublin. That is exactly That's what's right. happening now. Yeah. That's right. And it's hilarious when when I love when when any of them talk about cancel culture because then I just respond to them with my collages of all of the blocks that I've gotten from Republicans. <laughs> right. And, and people are like you need to make, you know, you need to make that into a quilt yeah. that should you should merchandise your blocks because mm-hmm. like I got all the Trumps and I got I got, you know, and I have sitting members of Congress blocking me on their personal accounts. Like I'm still blocked by Paul Gosar on his personal. <laughs> what a shame. And I, yeah, I'm so sad that I'm missing his nervous breakdown in real time. Woo! Yes. Oh my Jesus God! How do people listen to these people? It's, you know, it's insanity. It's, it's it's pure insanity. This is the state of our uh, politics in this country now. It's no longer about an argument of ideas, like who's got the better set of facts and who can articulate them more saliently. It's not about that anymore, Tara. And now it's about no. you have to utterly destroy the other side. And this is not a both sides thing. This was started no. this was started 20 years ago in the wake of 9/11 where anyone who opposed the Bush administration was canceled. May, that is the idea yeah. behind what Ari Fleischer standing up at the press room and saying watch what you do and watch what you say and then mm-hmm. from there it evolves into uh what we see today and it's uh right. and it's then, not good. It's not good. This is not a good way to conduct democracy. Look what the the RNC's dedicated campaign to you know, obliterate Hillary Clinton's career because they were terrified of her yeah. and they were threatened by the, by her strength. And they still are to this day. Mm-hmm. So, and even Michael Steele was like, yep, we did that. Some people were like, no, that didn't happen. Michael Steele's like, hi, I helped do that. Yep. I'm so sorry. So, and that's, but that's what they do. So um, they're, they're all about scorching the earth. And the thing that gets me so much about George W. Bush is that he never wanted to be president in the mm-hmm. first place. He wanted to be commissioner of baseball. Yeah. And I know this for a fact, Bob, because in the late 90s, I worked for George Bush's former roommate at Yale. I worked for him at Chelsea Piers in New York City. So I don't know how many people know who Roland Betts is, but Roland Betts is a major Democratic uh, contributor who has always also donated to any Bush campaign because Roland Betts has been best friends with George W. Bush since the 60s or whenever they were at Yale together. Mm -hmm. They co-owned the Texas Rangers together when George Bush was still was still governor of Texas. And one time when I was still working there, when he was still governor, George Bush came into our office. He was a very nice man. He walked around and said hello to everybody and shook hands. He was lovely. But every year at our Christmas parties, Roland would get really, really drunk and tell us stories about the Bush family. And so the last year that I worked there was 1998. And that Christmas was the best Christmas ever of Tara's life because mm-hmm. I learned the best thing about they didn't do anything in the, in history. But that year, 
Roland went up to the Bush compound in Kennebunkport and they had a very festive meal. And then at the end of the festive or like in between the last course and dessert, George Bush, the elder Herbert Walker Bush said, all right, well, Debbie, we've been talking about it and talking about it. I think we're going to run Georgie in 2000. And Jeb said, but daddy, you said it was my turn in 2000. And George said, but daddy, I told you I didn't want to be president. I want to be commissioner of baseball. Mm-hmm. Wow. And when my boss said that to me, my blood ran cold. Yeah. And then it ran cold again when I remembered that conversation, when I was hearing about bullshit hanging chads in Florida, because I knew for a fact that George Bush's daddy's friends were taking care of that business and that George Bush's daddy's friends were making sure yeah. that George Bush was president. And when he ran for re-election, I was still trying to tell people there was not Twitter. I wasn't involved. There wasn't really social media happening. And so I was like, but, th- but daddy. And people are like, that's a cute story. I'm like, don't you understand? Don't you understand what this country could look like today if George Bush had been commissioner of baseball and Al Gore had been, you know, if it wasn't for those 300 something votes or whatever, if Al Gore had actually been, been able to take office as he rightly should have, like it makes it makes me fear. It makes me want to tear all of the skin off of my body. Oh, yes, of course. Frustration. Yeah. I mean, right? can, can you imagine if Joe Biden's brother was the governor of Arizona <laughs> over the past year or so? Right? Holy fucking shit. We would never hear the end of that. That, of course, would be oh. the centerpiece of the entire uh, Trump uh, crusade to overturn the election. That would be ground Hunter- zero even more than it is right now. Yeah, but Hunter Biden has laptops or something, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. By the way, you know what? Every time anybody responds to me with one of those pictures of Hunter Biden, I mean, like, the man is a thirst trap. Like, shut up. Show me those. <laughs> Holy every shit. One of the, they, but see, every single one of those photos of Hunter Biden looks like a Herb Ritz photo from the 90s. It just does. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God, Tara. I, I am I am going right? to uh uh <laughs> link to your recap of your journey into Red Hat Land Thank in, the, in the description under this episode at bobseska.com. Meantime, you. uh, you know, you can find Tara's work at hillreporter.com slash author slash Tara hyphen Dublin. I'll uh, link to that too, and on Twitter at Tara Dublin Rocks. And of course, you totally do rock, Tara. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for, so much, Bob. Thanks and for stopping by just today. Say, can we just say that I dedicate this entire experience to the wonderful memory of our wonderful friend, Chez? Yeah. Oh, my God. You have no idea. How did you know Chez? How did you, uh, did you ever meet him? I did mean, you ever get together with him? I never met him in person. We did have a, a few wonderful phone conversations. We met on, on Twitter um, oh, wow. during, you know, the run, the lead up to, you know, when, you know, Trump was, running and we had a lot of conversations about that and he you know was so passionate about politics and yeah. life in general and so vibrantly alive mm-hmm. and so amazing and i don't know if i ever told you um but when we found out he he died i i when i woke up that morning i was so devastated because that night i had a dream about him oh wow. and i dreamt yes I dreamt, and this is when I was living in my old house. I dreamt that he came to the door of my house. And I opened the door and he was wearing, you know, he had that leather bomber jacket of his that he yeah, basically yeah. lived in. <laughs> so right. he was wearing, 
He was wearing his leather bomber jacket and he had a backpack over one shoulder. And I said, Chess, what are you doing here? And he said, I just came to say goodbye, baby. And he gave me a hug and he kissed me on the forehead and he vanished. And in the morning, I woke up to the news. I woke up to the news that he was dead. And so I want to believe with all of my heart that he visited me that night to say goodbye. I really want to believe that because he was such a, a, he was so alive and he was such a passionate human being Mm -hmm. that his energy just could not leave when he left. Like so much of it was just left behind and came to me and probably has come to you in a way that you don't know. And everybody else who loved him have a piece of him inside of them now. Oh yeah. That's what I would love to believe. Oh yeah. That's absolutely true with me. I I swear to God, uh, since uh, we lost Chez, I feel as though some of his spirit has inhabited me in a, in a strange way. I mean, I'm not a really, I'm not a spiritual guy in any stretch of the imagination, but Mm -hmm. to a certain extent, I, I have, I don't know, osmotically adopted some of his, attitude toward things like Donald Trump, his his sort of his uh, irascible, uh, you know, nature and so on. I think that's kind of seeped in a little bit extra of that has seeped into me. And it wasn't necessarily that way when we were friends, when we were before he died. And so uh, what you've said here is is so appropriate because that's exactly what I've experienced as well. And while I haven't had a dream about him specifically, I have had Mm -hmm. dreams in which I've been searching for him for some reason. I'm like, I got to find right. Chess. Where's Chess? We're, we're going to do a right. show. I got to find, where's Chess? And I think that is part of the uh, the grieving process where there's a searching that goes on. It's like a lot of people, when someone dies who they know, uh, they find themselves kind of just wandering around the house. And that's sort of this evolutionary yeah. searching that we have for uh, people we've lost. And that was right. uh, definitely that way because he was like, I, you know, I'm the oldest of three brothers, so I don't have mm-hmm. an older brother, except Chez was kind of my older brother. He was the guy who would right. kind of introduce new things to me that I hadn't known yeah. about before, whether it was pop culture or some new book or something. And so uh, for that and many other reasons, I, I so valued my friendship with him. And so I was immensely grateful for that. And it was such a shock uh, when oh. we lost him. I, I still haven't gotten over it. No, and... And it wasn't his intention to leave us. So, and that's the other thing that uh, he, he left his life unfinished and there was so much more he could have done. And so it's like, we're carrying that on for him is Mm -hmm. some is quite, and I can, you know, in talking to you, there's a familiarity there that, that is Ches like. Yeah. So when you said that, when you like, you say you took on some of his qualities, I can hear that and I can feel it. And, it's 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 still often pretty palpable and his book is on my shelf and I see his name, you know, mm-hmm. pretty often. And it, it just kind of it makes me sad, you know, that he's not not he wasn't there to experience the joy of watching Joe and Kamala win. And yeah, he wasn't, yeah. there, you know, the good things that we've been able to experience, despite all of the shit that we've been living through mm-hmm. his voice <clears throat> would have been so essential oh, to God, carry yeah. us through yeah. this time. So I, I often think about. Like imagine like the glorious word words he would put together to describe the situation I'm going through with Matt Gates right now. It, like yeah. how he would define Matt Gates, how we would put words together mm-hmm. to just define Matt Gates as a human would come together in a way that you can sort of anticipate, but you wouldn't be able to put together yourself because only he could do it. Yeah, so yeah. he's we just were, brilliant uh, and ge- yeah, genius. We were- and I'm grateful for him 
you know, connecting me to the wonderful people he did. Oh, yeah. We were really deprived of his voice for the last four we years. Are. But on the other hand, I feel like I don't know that he was emotionally prepared for Donald Trump presidency. And I think no. that partly contributed to us losing him when we did uh, right at the I onset. Think so too. I mean, within a month think, of the inauguration. Yeah. yeah. It was bad. And I, I mean, I remember talking to him about it and him saying, I don't know if I can get through it. And I said, mm -hmm. you know, that's why we have to lean on each other because yeah. we have to get through this together. We have to figure out a way to fight this together. We have to figure out a way to survive together. And that's how we'll go forward. And if it, I mean, he had the blackest sense of humor of anybody <laughs> I've ever known. Yeah. Absolutely. And I said, Chez, mm -hmm. that is how we get through. We let it go dark. We let ourselves get down and wallow in it because that's where we'll find the way through it. Mm -hmm. And he was like, he was like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And I was like, just we have to hang in there because the time will pass whether we are present in it or not. And so we really need to make sure that we don't look away that we're always paying attention, that we're always shining the light on him yeah. so that he can't get away with anything. Yeah. So that was my intention. And he was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. Mm -hmm. And I remember that and thinking, oh, please, please, please just stay with us. Stay with us. Well, thank you so much for bringing thank this you, up, Bob. Uh, Tara. I really, yeah. really love having conversations about Chez. I don't do it often do enough. And, and so I, I appreciate you mentioning him. I don't know enough people. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And thank you for reaching out to me and giving me this opportunity to tell my story. My pleasure. And I hope and I hope that, you know, that I'll have a really cool update and maybe you can have me back in, in a little bit in the future and we can we can watch Matt Gates's career end together. <laughs> yes, of course. Absolutely. You're on. We'll do it. All right. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you, Tara. Take care. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye.